and welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest is someone that really spoke me last time and i hope she does again uh my guest is marsha galland the marketing manager for up street craft brewing and libra non-alcoholic craft beer thanks for coming to the sanctuary today uh thanks so much for having me this is gonna be a lot of fun yeah first of, so um i <clears throat> I talked to Mitch, your CEO, uh, had him as a guest and, you know, he told me, you know, first off, uh, the company is the first B uh, corporation on the island. And, you know, I had a great time just talking to him. And then I reached out to him. And I was like, hey, you know, it'd be cool to do kind of a giveaway. I was like, yeah, talk to Marsha. And like, okay, all right. So, you know, I reached out. And like you were just the best. <laughs> and like um the 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 my friend on, on Instagram that got the gifts loved it. It was just a great package. So thank you for that. Um uh, but how did you get to work? Uh how did you get to your position? Like what's that journey? How did it start for you? Oh man. Um I think I am the poster child for uh very uh odd ways of getting into an industry i'll put it that way basically um i started actually i've got a degree in or a diploma in graphic design (laughs) so i started as a graphic designer and then i went back to school to do anthropology um why and then i why well i do i still love it um in my 20 something brain I thought, okay, so I want to do something that is a little more professional than graphic design. Uh, So you know what? Social sciences. I'm sure there are tons of jobs in social sciences, (laughs) which was kind of my hilarious first mistake. But while I was doing graphic design at UPEI, I actually, uh, I started getting really into uh, YouTube and making videos. Um, So then I entered a contest through Parks Canada to be uh, one of 32 people to get Canada's greatest summer job where basically I won. So there was 32 of us, they flew to Banff to do uh, Adobe training and then gave us cameras for the summer and sent us out into different Parks Canada field units, then sent us to the Torangat Mountains in Northern Labrador uh, for a week at the end to shoot polar bears and seals. And it was, it was incredible. So it completely changed my trajectory. Mm -hmm. Uh, I ended up switching schools. I went to UNB to do, uh, I still kept anthropology, but I did a double in multimedia studies. Oh, yeah. uh, and that's where I started to sort of get into more of the uh, marketing side of things as well. Uh, I had a couple of different jobs after school, but then I had an amazing job at Confederation Center, which is our big uh, art center here on PEI. Uh, and I loved it there, but I said, the only place I would ever leave Confed Center for is Upstreet. That's the <laughs> only place. And then... <laughs> Weirdly enough, after I was there for about three years, Upstreet posted the marketing manager position and I was reading through it and it was just like, check, check, check. <laughs> like, this is, this is mine. So I spent an outrageous amount of time creating this cover letter that looked like a uh, social media uh, blurb. So like there was a Facebook thing to talk about me and then a Twitter <laughs> and then like an Instagram one too. Oh my goodness. I spent so much time on it because I'm like, this job is mm. mine and I need to prove on paper before they need me in person that I am perfect for it. Uh, and they believed me and they took a chance on me. <laughs> why so, why uh, yeah. was that? What was the reason behind that decision that, you know, the only place you'd go would be to Upstreet? Uh, aside from loving craft beer, it was community. Upstreet has always been 
uh, very like first and foremost community driven. I mean, the whole mission is refreshing the community. You always see Upstreet uh, behind, you know, every like incentive or every cause giving money away like we do 10% of our profits go to our do good fund for arts and culture initiatives. We do uh, artist residencies when we can get artists in when it's not COVID. Uh, we do bike raves in partnership with Art in the Open. There's just so much all the time. We even do like a big yearly block party where we uh, host uh, live music for free all day and welcome the community in. Uh, again, we haven't done that the last year or so, but can't wait to get back to it. So yeah, I guess it was just even looking from the outside, the culture at Upstreet was unique. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew that I wanted to be a part of it. And I was so right. It's, it's, I don't know if I could go back to a normal <laughs> job after having this How long one. have you been there now? <laughs> I've been with Upstreet for about three and a half oh, years. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Wait, let's talk yeah, about the Parks Canada thing. Uh, how was Banff? Like to the Banff Center? Is that, is that where you went? Isn't that place so yeah. freaking cool? <laughs> it was, it was mind blowing. It, and I just, the whole time I was there, I'm like, why am I here? Like I have Adobe professionals teaching me. They're just giving me equipment and they're like, Hey, go out into the mountains and shoot something. And then we'll show you how to edit it. It was, it was such a amazing experience. Yeah. So the BAM center, I like, I have it on my bucket list to somehow get back there for like an artist residency, but I just have to pick up some sort of art. I mean, you know fine. what? Okay. I'll so figure it out. they have, they currently have these like writing thing. You should check it out. Well, you should check it out. I don't know if it's online, but you should check it out. You know, one of the best views at our place is like, you know, in the, in the restaurants and then you can see those three fucking mountain tops. It's like the three yeah. sisters. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's, like, as as in, you know, it's one of the places where I'm like envious of the people that live there year round, cause like you get to see that yeah. all day. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I actually worked in Banff before uh, that. I actually went. I worked in Kananaskis for six months at one point, and then I worked in Banff at a semi-precious stone and fossil oh. shop for six months. Yeah uh they it is it is such a party town it is so much fun but i did not save a dime so i went home with the same and when i got there I, i'm trying to remember what year it was it was right after i graduated uh design because i'm like i just want to do something fun <laughs> um yeah so i think i made 13 dollars an hour and at the time i was like $13 an hour. This is incredible. Oh my gosh. Right. And it, yeah, it's, it's such an awesome vibe. Funny thing is I don't snowboard. So I was, it was completely lost on me, but hiking yeah, was fun. Well, I, you know, the, the thing is I'm pretty much going to say I might be the laziest person, you know, and the very first time I went to Banff, <laughs> I went for like this course called the adventure masterclass something and you know what like that should have given me a hint of what was going to happen like adventures in the name i'm like yeah it's like you know there'll be film anyway so i i signed up got in went um <laughs> mistake first off so they did they, they, these two instructors and between the two of them they've been on top of mount everest seven times uh, right okay, yeah there's a red flag. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. You know, I was like, okay. And then I enter class and then everyone's doing the introduction, what they do. And then we have people that jump out of planes, people that ski, 
people that like live um in the North Pole, people that like do dog sledding and like fuck, I don't even hike, right? Um, anyway, they put us into groups and like we are supposed to sh shoot something during. I think we had like a week or so there, and then we are supposed to shoot something the last two days, three days. Well, shoot one day and then edit and submit it the next so two days. And then, um, you know, the tunnel mountain right behind the bomb center, all right? So my team decided, okay, they were going to climb it and like, I've, I've, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, the, the bottom line is that I, I was like, I was the weak link there. But we ended up coming with a long film. And then I did climb on top of Table Mountain. And, no, Table Mountain. Tunnel Mountain. And I realized why people love climbing mountains. It's I think it's, you know, it's like you're pushing yourself, blah, blah, blah. But I really think it's for the view. Because, like, up there, oh, my God, it looks so amazing. Anyway, thanks for taking me back to Banff. I really miss it, though. <laughs> oh, I've done, I did Tunnel as well. And... I only did it after I had left Banff. Like I, it, I had just been visiting. My sister used to live, oh. to, to live out there as well. Um, so I was back visiting and I'm like, I'm not leaving this time unless I do tunnel. So I just climbed it by myself one morning and I got up to the top and I was feeling foolish for not having done it before then. It is like, it's like that mixture of like, you just climbed a mountain and then you see this crazy view that you know that only people who have actually right. climbed tunnel can see that right. view. So it's like, it's early. Right. Like I have I some it. photos from there that I don't know. I've just never put it yet. Cause I think uh, I'm like, okay, when I go back there, I'll put them up. Anyway, back to you. So, um, you, 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 <laughs> why did you decide to do graphic design? I did graphic design because I've always been I've always been creative and I guess I've been a like a really strong writer and really strong uh for you know drawing oh. and painting and things like that so when I went into graphic design I was trying to look for a tangible uh career that would allow me to sort of excel in the things I was good at uh not really understanding at the time that uh graphic design unless you are like a brand designer is is uh not super creative oh. most of the time um i yeah so i mean if you look at our graphic designer for upstreet judd haynes incredible absolutely incredible illustrator and graphic designer uh if you don't know him you should look him up he is and he's a fantastic dude too but he will just like we'll tell him a concept of a label like we'll tell him a name and say like oh we're thinking about this vibe and then he'll come back the next day with something that we don't even have to touch we're just like no nope, you know it's perfect yeah so if you like our upstreet right. labels you can thank judd haynes whereas the sort of design that most people end up doing is more like layout design so i so what i do basically at upstreet now is i still do some graphic design so i'll do our sell sheets i will take all the beautiful branding that judd does and then do the nitty gritty and put it and make it look good on a page with all of the information. Um, so, which I love doing at Upstreet because it's not my full-time thing, but I found it quite <laughs> soul crushing <laughs> when I, when I left school, <laughs> but yeah, I'm happy now. So like posters and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Basically like oh. anything that you would see like layout design as opposed to really fun, you know, like, yeah. Like go and create something like create something original so so like i mean when you got in you that was what you wanted did do you did you ever do that in any of the jobs you did yeah so i worked at a few sign shops um and then actually i still like i think i used my graphic design skills in every job i've had 
Um, I worked as a multimedia designer for a while after university and I used my design to like create uh, like um, what are they called uh, slides to go in with uh, the courses um, and even when I was at Confed Center if you work in social media graphic design is a huge huge asset and now there's things called Canva <laughs> which basically mm. do all of the hard stuff for you do, do, oh do, my do, gosh yeah. and it's so funny because I will look at something and be like that would have taken me an hour and now my my wonderful uh, co coordinator Grace she just goes into Canva and she's like oh yes I just put this together and then like <laughs> like you've done video it's just it's such a different world now there's it's just so much easier and i'm so used to doing everything so manually that it just it still blows my mind it's great though and uh, yeah and and the parks canada thing uh, w what what are some of the things you shot in uh while you had that job oh man so <laughs> uh, i got placed in the pei field unit uh so that was back home basically and there i shot Three videos. Oh my gosh, I'm smirking because they're so dorky. Um, but I think it's a perfect representation of me. I shot one and I called it Plovers in a Dangerous Time. Um, and it was about the piping plovers on PEI. And then there was another one called um, Discovering Anne, a Redhead's Tale, because that's actually been a huge pet peeve of mine uh, growing up on PEI with red hair. Um, when I was a kid, it was like every year I went to a door for Halloween, they'd be like, why didn't you dress up as Anne? And then every time there was a school play, I was Anne. And I mean, it's just, it's, it was just, you know, it's just one of those little things. Anyway, I made a video about it and I did a third one about kiteboarding on PEI. But it was really, the Torngat Mountains was the real takeaway. I think it took four planes and a boat to get there. We stayed at what? a base camp. Yeah, it was, uh, it's called- How cold was it? Cold. We were there, <laughs> we were there in, I, I borrowed the winter gear from Parks Canada to go there in August. Um, yeah, so we were past, uh, there, there were no trees, we were past the Arctic Tree Meridian, uh, and there were icebergs still floating around. And I mean, I'm sure everybody would be like, that's not cold. But for me, you know, flying in like a PEI summer is a glorious right, summer. Right, 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 right. I <laughs> but, mean, and it's August also, right? Yeah. Like, who, you know, you don't really need like, you know, winter jackets in August. I mean, I had to try to find a winter hat and I ended up paying like $45 because a shop had to go to the back to see if they could find something. And that's the one hat they had. Yeah, wow. it was, but it was an incredible experience. There was just polar bears and we were on a boat and they just slowed the boat down and I got to capture live footage of polar bears and cubs. And I just, even thinking back to that 10 years later, just blows my mind that I had that opportunity. How big are those things? Huge, scary. Uh, glad to have been <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> Did I make any like, you know, brawl and shit? Well, they didn't say anything when we were there. It was, oh, okay. it was a mom and her baby uh, sort of going along this like, this really rocky part and we mm. followed them along for for quite a while um yeah. yeah they didn't they didn't make any sounds but they were definitely keeping an eye on us yeah i don't know a friend was my was telling me of this place where people get on these huge trucks and then like you kind of drive and then the pull up edge i'm like no no it's fine i can just watch it on the tv screen i'm all good i'm all good with that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you get off street, you do your cool resume, get in. Uh, did you get the job right away? How did you find out about that you got the position? Um, so I had gotten a call to sort of 
do some like simple references and, and some a few online tests for sort of strengths and things like that. Um, and I, I assumed because I had gotten that call that I was a strong candidate. So I was kind of expecting a call uh, within the next few days. And I was at my old job and I was petrified because I love all my coworkers there. Right. Um, and I was like, I don't know what to do. This is just going to be like, a, I'm just going to have to make myself say that I'm going to leave. Like, I'm just going to make myself say it. So then I got the call and it came up that it was from upstreet. And I ran to an empty office and they offered me the job. And I was just like, yes, I'll take it. Um, uh, three weeks notice. Perfect. And then I just I just like blanked because that was the only way I could make myself do it because I knew it was right. But it's just so hard. Like those big decisions, man. I just and this is why I'm just never leaving upstreet. You know? <laughs> How long had you been there by the time you got the call? I'd been at uh, Confederation Center for about three and a half years. Oh, yeah. Okay. So about the same as this. Yeah. And it was it was really great there. It was it was a totally different experience. I did a lot of photos and videography. Um, I worked with the actors from the Charlottetown Festival and made videos for the uh, people coming to live at the center, like the, the big artists coming. So it was really cool. I got to meet a lot of um, artists and celebrities coming through, which I, I'm not good at that. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm just embarrassing. Like I, I build it up so much, even if I'm not a fan of them. Mm. Um, actually, I've got I've got a great story of trying to meet a childhood hero at Comic Con or HalCon. Um, I used to love Garrett Wong from Star Trek Voyager. I'm telling you so much about what a giant dork I am, and I'm just owning it these days. But <laughs> a friend of mine bought me tickets to go and and meet him because I've been such a big fan, and there was no lineup to meet him, and I stood at the back of the ropes looking at him for about 20 minutes. What? There was no line. <laughs> there's no line. It's just me. So he's obviously like seeing this person. And the funny thing is, he and I were chatting on Twitter for days before that, casually, like just talking. <laughs> and I was all good. Everything was fine. And then, so he sees this, this woman just bright, like I'm even getting red thinking about it. <laughs> just like a hundred feet back, just staring at him. And then I walk up and I, I just was like, hi. He's like, hi, how are you? Good. <laughs> and I just like picked a picture and gave it to him. And then the funny thing is I can't even look at the picture because I cringe at myself. What? Um, <laughs> yes, because I just, I remember how, and he was trying to get me to talk. He was so nice. And I could have just been like, oh, hey, I've been chatting with you on Twitter. We talked about this and this. Mm -hmm. And then, you know. Okay, but like, no. no, then, you know, after that experience you leave, did you like, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. While it was happening, oh. I knew that I was going to regret <laughs> And I was going to go to a Hanson show uh, a couple of months later with a, a friend of mine. Because we were like, when I was 11, Mbop, that was like my jam. You know, like rural PEI music. <laughs> uh, and then I canceled. I'm like, I'm not doing it because I'm not meeting anybody else ever again. I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, do you have a list of these people that you want to see, but you won't be able to see even if you could? Um, not really. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly because I, I truly do avoid those situations now completely. I just think that things are better in my head. And I think that I don't know why I build 
these people up to be something more than they are because 90% like 90% of the time they're just like Garrett Wong who is at Halcon who just wants to meet a fan the only fan in the lineup that won't even look him in the eye <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it's a uh, it's yeah it's it's been tested a few times okay 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 um so would you say like I'm I'm not sure what the what's like on the island, but I mean there had to be a time you were walking from home, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what was that a huge adaptation? Like, did it take you long to adapt to that, or was it just okay, fine? To to working from home during yep. COVID. Um, I have two kids, oh. so it was. It was really, it was really difficult off the top because they were home from school too. So they were six and eight at the time. Um, And my husband was also working from home, which is the only way we could have done it because the kids would just go from one to the other, one to the other, you know? Um, So at least we could have the odd call Mm. where we didn't have to have a kid in the background. And it was also... And extremely, like, it's a very, it was a pivotal point for a lot of smaller businesses because you had to adapt or die in COVID. Mm. Um, We had to create an online store in a matter of weeks. We had to um, start doing home delivery, which we had never done before, overnight. Mm. Um, And that took everybody on our team, absolutely everybody on our team, to really dig in and just work through it. But it also like, it, it proved to me that I was in the right place too, because I could do zoom meetings where my daughter would interrupt and ask <laughs> questions that had nothing to do with the zoom meeting. And then my coworkers would just be like, Oh yeah. Hey Maisie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And then we would just keep on going. Um, so it was, it, it's, it, it was perfect for that. Uh, and everybody really understood the, the struggles too. And like, after we got past that major, everybody had mm-hmm. to push, um, Mitch made sure that we all took some time off to just try to decompress a little bit. Uh, yeah, so it was it was good. I still like working from home. Like this is my little home office setup. Um, this is my COVID plant. Uh, I got him a month before lockdown, and it was just like a little oh. sprout. And I'm ridiculously proud of that one plant that I don't actually know what it is, but it's. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. So that guy's like uh what like what like almost wait shoot. Yeah, you know, sometimes it hits me that I kind of just took out 2020 from my head and then I when I say last yeah. year I'm talking about 2019 but like 2020 actually happened. Holy shit. But, so when that very first shut um lockdown happened for you like how was it, you know, cuz it was kind of like it was March and we're not really sure what is going on. Like, how was that for you though? Before like, okay, this is what is happening. We kind of had, I mean, there were a few people on our team that kind of saw it coming, but only about a week in advance because like, it was one of those things I think where everybody's brains were just not letting them actually comprehend what was going Mm. to be happening. Um, so initially they closed schools. Um, I think it was, they extended March break a week. Um, and so in my head, I was like, okay, so it's two weeks. We'll be back mm-hmm. to normal in two weeks. And I knew that wasn't right. And I think everybody knew that wasn't right. So it, it just took 
one or two people in a meeting to be like, we need to make a long-term plan for this, for all of our brains to sort of actually start to digest that this is going to be a completely different experience. Like we lived through history, we're living mm -hmm. through history and our locations are not even close to hard hit. Like we've been living up mostly carefree from anybody mm -hmm. else's point of view. And I've got friends in major urban areas and I just, I, I don't right. know how they do it. I don't, cause I found it so trying even from our perspective on PEI. So I'm just so, so thankful. And I just feel so bad mm, for anyone else. Mm, yeah. How was your experience? I think for me, like, uh, my, my people's skills is suspect. So being that I have to work from home was like, oh my God, I don't need to see people and I can do all <laughs> I need to do from the computer. So that was the first thing. But then the second thing was like, I, I, I just, okay, so I had just, I was actually in Florida in, in March, and then um, I just went to a conference, and as I just came back, I just came back, I think, like, a couple of days before the lockdown happened, and it was like, okay, you know, first off, this is, like, unprecedented, like, it, it, it hasn't happened since I've been born, to me, at least, in my memory, I haven't remember where one thing affected the entire universe right like all the planet so um well uh, first thing you know i was like okay i i i was like I, you realize like a lot of people's lives going to change right like um i was just grateful that you know i had a job i could pay my bills okay so that's fine like my family is okay you know from wherever they are and we had and the thing is you know <clears throat> being like everything that is happening now i've kind of been doing it all of my life because like my family's all over the world so i've always been using like skype it wasn't zoom then it was skype like you know i've just been skyping everyone so it wasn't like different from communicating with them but just like people that i could see two minutes down the road it was like i can't see them if we want to see each other we have to stand that far apart um like it was just i think for me and I have my grandma and my mom to thank for this. Like when, like sh sh when shit happens, like the very first thing you have to do is just apply. Okay, yeah, I'm in shit right now. What am I gonna do? Like, okay, what lesson is here, and how am I gonna make the best of this? So, w the b one thing I did was just like start um, using like cool masks to express myself. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, you know like started really talking more and then things i guess it, it really put things in perspective because uh, people were dying a lot when it started so it's like okay what are these things i want to do okay start you know doing things i really felt like doing and i i, I you know it kind of really just shakes you a little bit but then um, I think like in Nova Scotia, we're like lucky till just recently where like we had it, but it wasn't too bad. And then over time, things would open and, you know, we had the first, second, one. even it wasn't really bad with the first two waves. It was the third one that was really bad here. So it took a little bit of adapting, but I've always been like, Shh. I'm like, I think it's just that first accepting that this is it. This is what is happening. How am I going to live with that? 
And I think, you know, so far, so good. But one thing you do is run. <laughs> how did running... Uh, how, wait, well, let's start with how did you even get into running? Um, I feel like I need to lead with I am the most unathletic person. <laughs> you can't say that, man. You're doing all this <laughs> running daily and stuff. No, man. But so it, it's only been probably this year that I would actually uh, let somebody call me a runner because I am like, I'm very slow. And I've always thought of that as being, you know, like a disqualifier as far as being called a runner. So I'd always say, oh, yeah, I'm a pokey pacer. Mm. I like to jog, you know, other words like that. But then even it was just actually during COVID when I could run and thinking about all of the people who were, you know, locked in houses or not like I live in the country. I, you know, it's so it's amazing. And so I was just like, fuck that. I'm a runner too. You know, I, I'm slow, but I get out there. Like I was out there at five 30 this morning and I ran five K and I felt great for it. And I don't care about how, like what my time is anymore. It's just, it's, it's about the training for me. And it's about the major endorphins that I get afterwards. Like it just sets my whole mental state, right? How, it's just so good. How long have you been doing it now? I've been running since I ran my first half marathon around my 30th birthday so i've been running for six years almost so wait, six years yeah like uh I, I guess what led you to do that first one and like you have to do some running before you actually run a half marathon and what's a half marathon like the distance 21.1 kilometers that's just um so <laughs> no. and you know what do you know what it is and it's i say this advice to everybody um i was sort of toying with running because basically i had a colicky infant and I needed to get out of the house and I couldn't think of anything else to do with myself but start running. Um, because really all you need is a pair of running shoes and you're good. So there was a trail by where we used to live. So I used to just leave the screaming infant with my husband and take off. And that was a fantastic excuse. So then I ran a 5k uh, and my coworker at the time, Deb, who was my, and is now my longtime running buddy, um, she was like, well, if you can run 5K, you can run a half marathon. And I was like, no, you can't. And she's like, uh, yeah, you can. And so she showed me a training plan for a half marathon that the longest run started at 3.2 kilometers, which is everybody can do it because you can walk it and you're still training. And that's the other thing is like, you need to sort of let go of the elite runner, let go of all of that. And can, like, think about how you feel before versus how you feel afterwards. And there is so much accomplishment. Like I finished that first half marathon. I cried three times during that half marathon. Um, from being right in, No, no, just from like, I guess it was more, I didn't know I could do it. Oh. And the fact that I was actually doing it, like I remember one of the hills, actually it's really funny, one of the hills in Charlottetown, Somebody was shouting like, you're doing it, Marsha, only 5K to go. And I was like, how do they know my name? And it was on my bib. <laughs> so it's on my bib and I just forgot, but I was like, I bawled. And then I crossed the finish line and I cried again. And so every uh, half marathon I've done, aside from the last one that I did uh, virtually, I've cried because it's just been such like a dump of emotion. Like there's so much that goes into training. Wow. And now I'm training for my first full marathon, which happens to be on my 36th birthday in October. 
Um, so it's five days a week of running and then there's a cross training day in there and a rest day. Um, so I'm just trying to well, be kind right, to myself. How you, re- uh, oh, five days cross training. Oh, so the entire week you're doing something pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. So Tuesdays are my rest day. Um, we also like to bike to work. So when the weather gets a little bit nicer, we'll, it's about 29 kilometers from my house to work through the trail system. Mm-hmm. So we'll be like my husband and I usually switch days being able to bike in so that I consider cross training. So I'll do that once a week. Wait, so you bike in and then drive back in, drive back together or? Well, what we do, so somebody has to get the kids basically. So I will leave if I'm, if I'm biking in, I leave at seven in the morning and then I get to work at around eight 15 and then I leave work at four and get home around five. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So you just bike each way. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but like I said, like, I just, I think that I'm not an athletic person and I I feel like I'm kind of the poster child. No, I don't think so. Like, I I mean, no, I just, no, (laughs) like you've done, uh, like you run every day. I don't shoot. I don't even do like, uh, you know, those like workouts you do on TV, like you watch the TV on your box. I don't even do that. And I should, but hmm. I mean, you run. So like, is it the same distance every day? So right now in my training, it's uh, two days a week for a 5k, two days a week. And then one is a recovery run. And I do my recovery runs. (laughs) What's uh, a recovery run? Uh, so a recovery run for me is running <laughs> running with my friend Kendra on Mondays where we just chat and run for three minutes, then walk for a minute, chat, run for like, it's just, it's so easy and relaxed. And if like, and it's usually after a long run, like I did 13 kilometers on Sunday. So my legs were dead on Monday and I was like, Kendra, I'm, I need to walk. And she's like, okay, cool. Anyway, this happened at work, blah, blah, blah. Like, so it's just... <laughs> It's giving yourself that flexibility of going slower and relaxed. Recovery run. Okay. So, and then, so you do, and then, wait, the recovery run is long? Like, is, is. No, it's, it just like, in my training, it just says recovery run. And what we do is we usually do between five and six, but we take it so slow with tons of walk breaks. So that's why it's recovery. And we don't do like, I've got some pretty good hills on my actual run day. So then I do a 5k on Wednesdays a uh, speed training on Thursday mornings and then Fridays is another 5k and then next weekend I think is 14 and a half kilometers for the next one so I usually do that we usually go camping on the weekend so I usually do that around like the eastern part of the so like uh are you ever so the half is 21 right so the full Mm -hmm. one is 42 42.2 right what's the point two for now (laughs) Well, I don't, I don't, I think it's, is it miles? I don't know. Just to really okay. like, once you get past 42, they're just like, haha, you're almost done. You have to run. <laughs> more. You know what I mean? It's just okay. a throw in your face. <laughs> right, right. So you, so like while you're training for it, are you ever going to do the 42.2 comp- like all the way before the actual race? No, because, and so that's, oh. that's the difference with the half. I usually like to run a half marathon two weeks before my half marathon like run a run a home half marathon just to I think it's more for mentally mentally to be like hey look you're back you can do this again and then you go mm-hmm. into the race and you're like I got it because I did it two weeks ago um mm-hmm. but for the full 
And because I'm so slow, I'm hoping for a sub five. So like, I'm going to be running for four hours and like 45 minutes. So there's been so many, so many uh, papers written about the fact that if you go over like three or three and a half hours of running, you're really not doing your body any good. Um, you're just like, you can't really train like that for me. Cause I'm so slow. So what I think my training ends at 35 kilometers or maybe even like 30 kilometers. Um, and that, then it just, it takes a big leap into the full marathon. It does that for half marathons too. Usually like usually you stop training for a half marathon at around 16 K. I just really like to do the half marathon before, but I won't be doing a full marathon before this one. Nope. And, and, uh, running shoes. Like how many do you go through? Um, I'm on my second pair this year, which is pretty good. I def I've worn this pair too long. Um, I will probably go through at least, I'll probably go through this pair and another pair before my pair for the marathon because they just wear out, right? They're only good for like 400 kilometers and I'm doing 30 a week right now. So that's right. 120 a month and it's just. So every and, 10 weeks is gone. Yeah. Give and that's at the pace I'm at now, but I'm going to be leveling up on the weekends. Like I'm going to be at yeah, 14 and a half this weekend and then more, it'll be like 16 the next weekend and continue to go. Ooh, what do you like about it? Um, <laughs> I like that I don't think I can do it. And I like oh. that I don't look like I can do it. I don't look like a runner. Um, so I think that even getting up at five in the morning to run, the only reason why, I, well, no, it's not the only reason. I definitely don't have time in the rest of my day, but I'm willing to do that because I didn't think I could. So then when mm. I did it, I was just like, holy shit. Like you can, you can do whatever, just, just do it. Just don't think about it. Just lay mm. everything out in the morning. Like I even slept on the couch last night because I just couldn't get settled because I was antsy. So I went out to our couch and I put on YouTube videos to fall asleep to. And then the alarm went off at 5 a.m. And I just like rolled over and put the gear on and went out the door. But yeah, it's, it's really because, because I don't think I can. And, and I spent so many years thinking that I couldn't do things like that, mm. that I couldn't be athletic and I couldn't ever do anything like running a marathon that I'm just ready. Hmm. What are like most haves whenever you go out for a run? Uh, I like good headphones, <laughs> yeah. um, body glide, which is like an anti-chafing thing, which is like a runner's number one thing that they are going to need and athletic tape for your heels because they're awful. I've got blisters on my feet. I'm working in a new pair of shoes. So it's like very front of mind right now. <laughs> um, and I, I like to have a shirt that I'm super comfortable in. That's the other thing too, is um, I don't think in my headspace there's room to feel like um, uncomfortable in my outfit. Like I, I can't, when I'm running, I can't feel like, oh my God, this shirt doesn't look good. Cause I just, I need to focus so much on getting through a run. So I have to make sure that the gear that I have is gear that I feel 100% comfortable in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so headphones again are probably my number one. Um, I just got a new pair. These ones were terrible for running because they just kept on falling into my ears. But yeah, um, and a nice hat, a really loud, obnoxious hat. Loud? That's my favorite thing. Oh yeah, uh, neon <laughs> hats. Uh, mostly because of uh, making sure that cars see you mm. on the road. Because um, my, yeah, my hats are like bright orange. 
uh, and hot pink, um, <laughs> especially when I'm out in the mornings. Like I have an I have an upstreet running shirt. It's like bright, bright green mm. so that people can see me when I'm running. So you can't miss me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So um, I I'm going to let you go soon. But like you mentioned some of the things you love about working uh, of craft. But like one of your focus now is Libra. Uh, what are some of the things you are doing on that end? So Libra is actually, it's kind of perfect for all of us at Upstreet right now because we're all sort of getting to a point where craft beer is really heavily profiled in our lives, but we're not really up for the alcohol anymore. Uh, so Libra has actually been a fan. I've got a ton of it in my fridge right now um, because it's working for me. Like I don't have to feel like I'm, you know, missing out on having a beer in the evenings because I've got to get up at five. Mm -hmm. um, but Libra has been a really cool uh, thing to market because it's completely different marketing non-alcoholic beer versus our alcoholic other brands. Mm -hmm. um, we can market Canada wide, which has been so much fun. Uh, selling Libra all over Canada uh, has just been like, it's been so cool. Like our digital uh, digital marketing has been really fun to play with different audiences. Our social media has been beautiful. Um, that is my coordinator, Grace, is just so good at photos and, and content writing as well. She's awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, so I guess putting all of those pieces together. And then there's a lot of other things like uh, the non-alcoholic community is super strong on Facebook, uh, in Facebook groups. So we all joined a bunch of Facebook groups about non-alcoholic craft beer and people love it and they actually like trade it. So they'll be like, hey, I have this can of Athletic if anybody has any Libra because mm. before we weren't available in the States. So then you would see like, oh, I'll trade you two Athletics for two Libras and they ship to each other. And it's just like this whole market thing. Mm. It's it's super cool. And people are really, really engaged and into it. It's it's going to be it's going to be really fun to see where this whole market goes. And I, I love that Upstreet was like in it from the start sort of a mm. thing. Um, Cause I feel like it was a, it was a really good move and it's just delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife really likes the Libra too. Um, but she sells out. What's the seltzer? Uh, rewind. rewind. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a totally fun brand. It's so like, I, I always think like, again, uh, it's, it's just cooler than I am. So I have a lot of help. <laughs> like Mitch is super cool. So he's like, yeah, that's perfect. I'm just like, is it? Okay. <laughs> right. Um, we're working with a local producer to do like a cool radio commercial right now. And it's just, it's, it's really cool. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun because again, that's a totally different thing from craft beer too. Mm. It's a totally different market, totally different people drink it, and it's majorly on the rise too. Uh, and we're pushing that out into Nova Scotia as well, which is awesome. The more we can get into Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Newfoundland, it's just like... Nice. All right, I yeah. want to let you go with this, right? So you've pretty much built this life for yourself to hear from like, okay, I want to do graphic design, anthropology, and you've like... Learned so many things through the way, and you're here now. Um, what are some things you have planned moving forward? Huh, that's that's a an excellent question. I uh, I want to maintain the balance that I have right now, um, as far as 
continuing to uh, work with really supportive people who understand that life is about more than work and also, you know, um, make sure that I'm still focused on myself and being a great role model for my kids. I want to mm. do more hard things. Like, I don't know, once I finish this marathon, will I want to keep running? I assume I will, but is there going to be something else out there? Like, am I going to be like, well, that wasn't hard enough anymore. Like I want to do a triathlon and be that person that doesn't look like they do triathlons. Uh, so I don't know. I think professionally, I want to, Upstream is really pushing me and really uh, expanding uh, my knowledge base and really allowing me to, to move and grow. Uh, mm. And I think uh, running is doing that for me too. Like it's, I feel like everything is going well and I just want it to, to keep going. So I don't really know what's up for the future, but I know that it'll, it'll be, I don't know, I can't get any better than this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Masha, thank you so much uh, for sharing and, and taking me back to Bob. That oh, was great. Let's go someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Wait, um, when you like, you know, it's weird that, I, I mean, I think I prefer Bob in the winter though. I've only you... ever been in, so I would go in March and stay until like September, October. Oh, okay. So, so I've never like... actually been in the winter. Right, wait, right, have I, right. Wait, I visited in the winter, but okay. I've never, yeah. Yeah, just, but I didn't snowboard, so it doesn't really stick out to me. So it's yeah. just like cold. <laughs> <laughs> pretty though. <laughs> Super pretty. Um, man, Marsha, thanks for coming to the sanctuary. Uh, it was great having you here. It was so great to be here, Israel. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.